Good morning, good morning. This is Chad and Larry and Dawn with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Welcome in. Glad you are joining us on this wonderful day. If you're listening on the podcast, whatever time, whatever <laughs> day it may be, welcome. And uh, we've got a great show lined up today to talk about several things in the real estate market. And uh, before we got started, we're talking about real estate today. It's real estate again. Oh golly, there's enough to discuss. So I wanted to do this before we got deep into our discussion because um, you know there's lots of gloom and doom and there's uncertainty in the market. I wanted to read a few headlines real quick. <laughs> okay, just the headlines. We're not going to dive deep into these headlines because I think it's a little pointless. But here's here's some of the headlines. Right, survey finds Americans wildly misinformed on housing market. That's a great one. I love that. It's clickbait, <laughs> right? You know, this is, but it's good. It's a good, good headline. Um, the worst is over for the U.S. housing market. Dot dot dot, and prices will stop crashing within six months. Goldman Sachs says. An interest rate. Now, how do they know that? Zero. How do they know any of that? But anyway, that's good stuff. Okay, here's another well, one. Real estate. How agents can help first-time buyers. I like that one. Best practices when buying commercial real estate, and then it kind of gets into more the digital curb appeal and how you get it. So taking f photos of your properties and whatnot. So, Dawn, I heard you speaking. So what, what you got yeah. on all that? Well, uh, this commercial real estate article I read right at the end of it, it said that the they're expecting the last half of 2023 to be stronger than the first half. So it kind of goes hand in hand with what you just said about the housing market being kind of the any problems in the housing market kind of being better at the end of 2023 as well. It wasn't the word problems, though, but whatever that headlight was. Yes. And uh, they're predicting the same for commercial. That's right. And that's kind of what we want to transition to. We talk a lot about residential real estate. And actually, we're going to move a little bit into commercial and talk about the advantages, maybe disadvantages um, of commercial, the differences of the two, and uh, why, why, you know, a lot of folks kind of, they, they gravitate more toward the commercial and why some would gravitate toward single family. And single family, obviously, is... Uh, most of the time, the entry point, it's easy to find a property, usually. It's easy to finance, uh, over overall speaking, right, to finance. It's a lot easier for homes than it is right. a business. It's a well, most people need a place to live, and so everybody can identify <laughs> with a home. Now they're they're living in it, so the bank is right. a little more lenient than right. you and visit you it. <laughs> And you turn on HGTV or whatever, and you see people flipping homes and investing in homes. And so um, you don't see, like, my TV show that I want to have, co Flipping Commercial. Uh, that's right. Um, so, and one day we'll get there. And so we want to talk about commercial real estate in this, this show because um, there are some things that if you're in commercial real estate, maybe you know this. Um, and some people have commercial real estate, they don't mean to have it. It fell into their lap. Or they're a business owner, and they bought a building, you know, or, uh, you they know. They inherited it. They inherited it. They they have tenants because they're in a building, and they decided to rent out part of their space, you know, something like that. But there are many people who really like commercial real estate, and probably um, one easy way to think about it, I guess, um, if you're used to residential, is rental properties. You know, so like an apartment. And, um Erica would tell you this, and like she's mentioned it before. So if you buy a single-family home, that's residential. If you buy a duplex, 
that's residential. If you buy a quadruplex, that's considered a residential financing, a residential property. If it's five or more units, it's considered commercial. Even if it's residential tenants moving in, it's considered commercial. It the the designation changes, but um, uh, let's let's ask Dawn this question and see how good she is on a pop quiz. Okay, oh, Dawn. Great. Okay. What is the riskiest investment? The riskiest the ri- the, the riskiest um, real estate investment. The riskiest real estate investment. It's a trick question. I, I bet it is. I want to say your home somehow. Well, that that's a good one. That's a good one. That, I, I would guess and probably say if you have one tenant. Yeah. yeah. So one, your home is pretty risky because oh, you're, you're oh, one sole I know. supporter. Wait, wait. I know. I know. If you are renting your home or if you have a rental property to a single tenant, a single long-term tenant. That's the answer. Yes. Think about this. If you have one tenant in... A property and they leave how what the percentage of your um, occupancy <laughs> you would have zero percent occupancy right well, and consider 50 percent of the people that move into a house just end up trashing it that's true so you 50 percent are great it's kind of like that half half thing are they going to take care of the house or and part of that is your, your due care? diligence on putting a person in your your background and stuff like that mm-hmm. but but and think then, about it. Then even following up by doing an inspection once in a while. Exactly. Right, but right. even if you have a commercial property, and here's the, here's the point why we're going to talk about commercial and kind of what we're going to focus on is multiple tenants. Because even if you have a commercial building, let's say you have a commercial building and um, let's just say an auto repair shop is in your, your building, and that's the tenant. What happens if that auto repair shop goes out of business or leaves to a bigger location, another location? You're 100% out of business. Out of business. You have no income. So think about a quadruplex, just something like a small residential building. If one tenant leaves, what's your percent of uh, vacancy? 25%. Well, 25 you know, twenty five. Oh, you said quad, not try. Sorry. Yeah, I said quad. That's right. So tri- a triplex, you would be correct on. So if she <laughs> had the triplex, <laughs> that's correct. But think it like same thing. If you have a duplex and a tenant leaves, if you're renting each side for a thousand dollars, that's two thousand dollars a month. And let's just say your house, your payment on it is nine hundred dollars a month. I mean, you could possibly still break even if one person left, and um, so you're fifty percent. So your your economies of scale actually increase the more units you have. And think about this too: if you have ten units and one person leaves, now how many? You're still ninety percent. You're ninety percent occupied, and so you're still okay. And uh, not only that, you have in most cases one roof to replace, one building to take care of, um, you know, obviously ten toilets. But still, it's like your economy. They're in one place. And one parking lot or one? Well, think about the differences. We know this because we have lots of single-family stuff. We're not saying don't do single-family. Oh, no. No, no, no. We're just saying if you have 10 properties scattered throughout the county and you have to take care of it, that's a little different than 10 unit in one location. That's right. So So, 
that's uh that's a little education to start with right so this is the primer for the program today and so i think we only have about 30 seconds or so something like that i'm getting the nod from our amazing producer so as we get ready for the upcoming break let's um, we're going to talk about some of the different variations of commercial real estate. So there's different segments, just like in single family. Some more successful than others. Well, and some, you know, may have a different risk tolerance That's right. than others. And so, and we'll talk a little bit, if we have time, of financing. Where do you get money to buy these properties? Is it oh, the same? You, you got all the money in the world, Chad. Yes, call. Um, as one uh, mentor told us, come see Papa. Remember, yeah. come see Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Daddy, unfortunately, but we have we have uh, sponsors, and we can talk about some of that when we come back from the break. Hang on, we'll be back shortly. We're back. This is Chad. Larry and Dawn with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. And before the break, we were beginning the discussion of talking about commercial real estate and some advantages and, and uh, why someone may want to transition into commercial or add it to their portfolio in addition to some single family. But before we get into that in detail, we've the got expert. We have a, we have a expert. That's right. In financing on the phone. Erica, are you with us? I am here. Good morning. The expert morning. in financing and probably parenting, right? <laughs> uh, Do you no, ever become not, an expert in parenting? Uh, was that? Is anybody an expert in parenting? Well, we, we could do a parenting show. It would probably last, you know, maybe not long. I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's, let's invite some kids on and get <laughs> their views. Yeah, their they'll give you their opinion of parenting. Yeah. So, Erica, I'm sorry okay. to digress. Um, so, that's okay. <laughs> tell us what's happening today in the real estate market, not uh, in in terms of the financing side of it. So, we've had a pretty good week this week in the market. We've we're consistently seeing pricing improvements, which re means we're getting better rates every day, um, and it, that's pretty consistent now for three weeks, which is a good sign of things to come. Uh, we'll have another report come out on Valentine's Day, February 14th, uh, the CPI. The, so that's an index report. That's an inflation report, um, consumer price inflation. That will come out. Um, it's really detailed, but I think what it's going to show is what numbers were for January. And like we've discussed, the way inflation works in these reports, the government uses that data, and they're basically going to take that data we receive in February for January of 2023, and they're going to replace that data from January 2022, and they're going to make a decision about what's going on based on that data. The great news is while the Fed continues to raise the federal rate, we've had about a, a point and a quarter increase from them. Uh, we've seen interest rates fall about that much. So it's just more confirmation that it's really inflation that's driving mortgage rates. And uh, we have a big date coming up. We think the most important report date is going to be May 10th. Uh, and we expect to see large, large movements in the market uh, that day. So if there's anybody that's wondering what's going on is that we're kind of on the, in this declining rate market, which is a good thing. But if you're waiting on a date or a time to tell you when it's going to come, the best estimate that we have is May 10th. We think that's so going to kick say off. So when you say large movements in the market, what do you mean by that? 
I mean, we, we could we could see 200 basis points movement in a market on, on May 10th. Uh, you could see rates fall over half percent, even more. That's, that it's, would be good news. That's good. It's big. All right. Um, so and then it's going to trend cheaper. that way. So mm-hmm. what we think is going to happen is we, we think that by May 10th, we're going to have enough data for the, the powers that be to finally state we are in a recession. Now, we all know that we have been in a recession. We've been in one. Sense. Yes, there's no question. <laughs> um, well, and, i got to admit when, it now. Yeah, you're going to have to admit it. And But <laughs> what's going to happen, what you're going to see happen is when that that conversation starts and people start saying, hey, we're in a recession, we're going to see this this trend of mortgage rates down. Do I think that we're going to see them in threes again? No. no. But we're in the sixes. And so to get to 5% or to get right under 5 will be huge. And so those of you listening, take that into consideration because as soon as it does, it's going to be a feeding frenzy again. <laughs> and what that means is you're going to see just a slew of people that have been sitting on the fence jump back into the market. And, and it's we going still to don't have inventory. And we still we don't, still have, don't it. have inventory. So, so we still have an issue. Prices will probably go begin to most, go up again. Rise again. And offers, Erica, cash offers. Bef- exactly. And, Erica, before you get off the phone here, I wanted to ask you, because we're kind of delving a little into to commercial and as far as the the commercial, I guess, or the the um, investment property that you would be able to finance those duplexes, those quads. Yeah. Um, what is the uh, what's the like if the if the rate is six percent on a, a owner occupied property, and you can get in with five uh, percent down on a conventional loan or three and a half with a um, FHA. you know FHA. What is the what would it look like if you're buying, um, uh, you know, something and just an investment property like a quad or a duplex or something like that? So if you get a quad or a duplex, your down payment requirements are going to go up. They're, they're usually going to want, you know, 20 to 25 percent minimally. If you do like a single family home, you usually can get in for 15 percent down. Um, but you're going to look anywhere right now. Your rate will be anywhere between 7.6 and 8 percent, depending on your credit score, your down payment, that kind of stuff. So are those for non-owner occupied or if I was going to live in non-owner a occupied. non-owner occupied? Right. So if I was going to live in it, I wouldn't need to put 25% nope, down, then right? We consider it a primary residence. And so if, if that, that is a huge secret. If you, if you have young people that want to get into the market, um, that, is, that is one of the best kept secrets is getting a duplex living in one side of it and renting out the other. You I've can told get my children to do that. Get, get a, get a I, duplex or a quad and move in one, one unit. And then keep great, it after you move out. I have a great it'll, it'll, duplex available in Georgia, in Augusta. It's just about moving ready. And Erica, don't you lend in Georgia as well? I do, yeah. I love that. Well, Erica, I we appreciate it. Thank you desk. for joining us. And um, we'll hang on. We'll, or uh, People need to listen on Tuesdays to get more information on mortgages and all things in that side of the business. And um, make sure you check out our website to find Erica and connect with her if you're thinking of getting an investment property or wanting to buy or sell a house. So the light is coming on again. We're getting out of darkness well, as we, far we as the are. rate is. <laughs> I, oh, my gosh. And I'll, I'll like, send you guys. I think I sent you yesterday the link. Um, Don, I'll send it to you to watch the video yourself. But from oh, what we great. think, we, we, we've reached the peak. So yes. nice. all good things to come. Well, well, I saw deal. your video. That was very nice. Erica, thank you. You have a great weekend and take care of those kids and begin writing that book for us, please. 
I'll do it. I'll start this weekend. Yes. Um, a, a blog, something Thanks, on guys. raising children. We need it. Or some people do, I guess. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Erica. We appreciate her calling in. And as we uh, kind of transition into this commercial side, that is interesting because she was talking about financing. And financing is different if you're going to borrow money to buy a 10-unit apartment or a 50-unit apartment or a, um, a strip mall, uh, you know, a little place with six um, businesses in it. You're going to need to get a commercial loan. And those rates and those terms are different, and each lender is a little different. So usually you would go, in many cases, like a regional lender, um, you know, a bank, a local bank. Uh, like if we were buying one here in, in our area, we'd probably go to the bank that we bank at and see if they would be willing to finance something like that. Or you shop it to other people. There's mortgage I, I brokers. Yeah, I would go to a loan broker because, uh, well, it depends on the opportunity, of course, that I'm looking at. But loan brokers are great because they work with lenders across the country and they will find you, you know, 10% down or, you know, like different terms with a 20-year term. I mean, different commercial lenders have different ideas of what they, how they want to get paid back. And a loan broker works with all of these lenders and, you know, can oftentimes not every time but oftentimes find you the type of lending that you are you know wanting or looking for that's going to be incredibly attractive to your exactly opportunity. and so so far that's right the financing is going to depend on the property it's going to depend on the cash flow that property is generating it's going to have to meet debt coverage ratio um, requirements or it may require more down payment you can get investors. You know, there's other things you can do on commercial that you can't necessarily do on on residential. But you know, getting in to some Chad, of those. Sometimes, of course, from my background, it depends on the experience you have in in operating a business as well. And your partners. And your and your partners, correct? Yeah, they're going to look at liquidity, how much money you have, uh, or your partners. They're going to look at your experience, and they're going to look at you know, the, how, what you're buying, the, the property itself, does it cover whatever the debt service is going to be? And if it doesn't cover, which is some of the things that we like to buy, I mean, so if you think <laughs> about what we like to do. We're weird. <laughs> we really, it's forced appreciation. Yes. But this is the same thing. It's no real difference in what you do in single family. You buy something that's ugly and gross and nasty and needs work, and you put the effort into it through your effort through your contractors you bring it up to a better place and then you sell it or rent it well, and you same know thing with commercial name for that? another name for that is an add value property right you or can find those in residential with a lot of the people that you see on tv flipping properties they're adding value to the property and the renovations they do but the same holds true in commercial i actually worked with a guy in alaska who loved buying empty auto garages, just like you had talked about, the auto garage moves out, right? People love auto garages. He would come in, he would fix it up, he would rent it out, and then he would sell it. And it was an ad value commercial property. And he's not just selling the property at that point, he's selling the income that it produces. That's and so correct. he's changed it from no no value to, or, or limited value to a much higher value. And so as we talk about these things there's several different um i guess uh types of these properties we talked about apartments i mean you could throw senior housing in there 
There's a need for that. There is, and um, I, you know, I was watching something recently about the uh, baby boomers have not even begun to hit that that uh, are going to need places to stay. Uh, that are they're not out there. There's not enough places for senior living. Senior living right now, and there's a huge need for that. And some places in the country and in, in, in South Carolina. There are no senior houses available within a certain radius of where people are living now. And think about this. Now, you may have to get a staff. you got to be approved by the local, um, you know, the government agencies to say, hey, I want to offer senior housing. Um, but you're not going to charge $1,000 rent. Mm-mm. I mean, you could turn a property that was producing, you know, $10,000 a month into a property producing 3000 or, you know, 4000 yeah, a lot, a lot. I say ten thousand a month. Triple what it right. was. Yeah, triple because now there's going to be added things you have to do, ADA compliances. But that's another market people specialize in. Um, short-term rentals is something that you could get into. Now that's single family. That's probably single family. But I've heard of some people taking quads and and uh, multifamily yeah, and turning it into. Or the way you get in that, let insurance companies know you have temporary housing, and when people get displaced, they will call you, and they will pay you a premium. Exactly. And so this is a, a similar yeah, to— Especially during hurricane season. Exactly. I mean, there's there's lots of um, uh, nurses. Nur- there's a nursing shortage. Some people bring in out-of-town nurses, and they need a place to stay if you're near hospitals and whatnot. Oh, yeah, so, they're traveling nurses. That's all they do is they spend six months here I hear music there. So we're going to have to pause that thought. We'll be back shortly and discuss this some further. Welcome back. It's Chad, Larry, and Dawn with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Remember to check out our website, palmettorealestatepros.com, for more information for the podcast. And uh, we will be linking these also on our Facebook page, uh, what is it? Facebook.com forward slash Palmetto Real Estate, something like that. <laughs> Hopefully you can find it if you're on the in the online world. Or you could just go to PalmettoRealEstatePros.com. So that would work also. Or call Chad. Yes, either one What's of those would work. It, the phone number for our office is 803-939-8562. And if you want to call into the show here, you can reach us at 803-799-TALK. So T A L K. That that's how you spell that. That is correct. Yeah. That's good. Good. Yeah, good I, job. I went to high school. <laughs> so we were we're talking about commercial real estate. This is good stuff. One thing I I wanted to mention for those of you just joining us, we were talking about the advantages of uh, of multifamily properties, of commercial properties versus single family, and we're not maligning single family in any way. We buy a lot of single family stuff, and uh, we are looking at commercial stuff all the time as well because the income opportunities um they're 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 really attractive in many cases now a lot of the stuff you see you know it's like well it's not working right it's not being managed well um there's high vacancy um there's deferred maintenance this is good yeah because we look at it as a good thing when we're buying well and and this is if you guys out there listening see these properties call us We'd be glad to uh, look at those. If you see them riding through town, you see them all the time. 
that just look like they need help. They're just not. Well, I, I taking think we care go blind them. a lot of times, Chad. We're so used to going up and down the same streets, we miss what we're driving by. Well, let me mention this too before we get into some more types of commercial. And um, Dawn, you can speak to this too. But the way commercial is valued is very interesting. It's not quite the same as single family. Single family is valued by your neighbors, basically. Correct. It's valued by comps, by similar properties that have sold in the area closest to your house or they want to find the closest, the most recent, the most like your house. And so that's the, I guess in a way it's similar with commercial. The only difference is it's income. It's how much income does that property produce? The income approach, right. It's, it's, an in, it's valued by income. And what that means is if you save, let's just say you're at a, now we're getting into the weeds a little bit, but just <laughs> let, just uh, take it with for whatever it is, right? If you're at a 10% cap rate, which is the gold standard, if you could get a 10, 10% cap rate, you're doing really well. I think cap rates for multifamily may be six or five and a half, six, per, six cap right now. I don't. You'd have to check. But at a 10% cap rate, it, that means if you saved a dollar uh, at a 10% cap rate, you would have $10 in value. If you increased rent by a dollar, you would have a $10 value because it's at a multiplier effect. And so you've saved $2, $1 in saving expenses, and $1 in increased value. You've got a $20 valuation added to your property. Um, and so think about that on hundreds of thousands of dollars, you can increase the value by what we were talking about, your value add, your your forced appreciation. And, I mean, you could create something that had very little value to something that has tremendous value because of the work that you put in and increasing rent, making it better, and reducing those expenses. Of course, now, that doesn't happen overnight with an apartment. It may take you two or three years to get it up to where you really want it to be. So let's take this example. And um, we, we took over a, a mobile home park in 2014, and it was collecting. They were cre- collecting $4,800 in rent, if you remember this. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. We're over $10,000 a month now in income. So That's that, after expenses. Right, and so that's tremendous. That That's not just, okay, the property's only worth what it's worth because it comps out. It's worth a lot more because the income, you're, you're buying the income when you buy a commercial property. You're buying a stream of income, and that's what's attractive about it. Mm-hmm. If I end up in the hospital and I can't work. You've still got an income. There's income still coming in. As a single-family operator, if I'm flipping properties and I stop flipping because I can't do it. You're out of business. I don't have any more income. <laughs> Well, and and consider uh, stepping away from single family or even multifamily properties, but go into the commercial aspect of a strip mall, right? It's not just the income, but the bank is also going to look at, well, it is income, right? But the bank is going to look at who is your anchor tenant? How long is their lease? Oftentimes, commercial income leases, they're not a year. They're five years to 20 years. Right, and I, and I believe a bank, that you're right, Dawn, because if, if a bank sees that you have a, a strip mall and all of the, the, the tenants are month to month, that's almost no value right. to a and bank. They, so they're, yeah, their way of thinking is they could all leave tomorrow. 
Yeah. They want to see yeah. strong, long-term tenants Correct. that are in place. But here I've got this nice prime corner on a really busy, lighted intersection with a traffic count of, you know, 11,000 a day. And there's this giant parking lot. But And what can I put in the corner of that parking lot? Could I put a coffee drive through stand? Can I put a fast food place? Can I put a gas station? And then you just lease the land underneath them. Don't yeah. even have to let them build it. Or you could build a suit and then lease it for more, yes. but lease it for 20 years. There's so many opportunities and so many uh, different things that you can do. I mean, we talked about uh, apartments, senior housing, short term. Of course, you got hotel, which is short term, but it's congregated in one spot. And then self storage. We haven't talked about a ton, but. This is part oh, of that trend true. as well. That's, that's it kind of a lot man, of, that money makes a lot in that. of money in too. It's almost like the senior housing, because and think about the boomers, right? They have accumulated a lot of stuff. Well, Chad, just thinking, an everyday family, if they've got a garage, it's filled, and they probably have a storage unit off to the side that's filled too, because they got stuff that they don't ever see. And you know, I've, I've, I, we know a lot of contractors who use self storage as almost like their office. That's right. I mean, it's actually a good idea. I mean, you pay, you know, $75 a month, and you can put all your tools in there. It's gated, it's security, and uh, it's locked. And so, you know, I've, some of the folks we've worked with, they that's like their office. They go by there every day, pick mm -hmm. up their stuff, um, and, uh, you know, maybe put some other stuff in the trailer, but they have their big equipment in those, their bigger, their bigger things. The heavier stuff. Right, but... Mainly what you see is just people with lots of stuff. That's right. <laughs> it's just a, just don't know. want to get rid of it. Right. And think about this. If someone goes a senior, says, you know what? I can't really get around anymore. It's not safe. I don't want to leave, but my kids are making me go to this senior living place. They're probably going to sell their stuff or put, put it, it in, in self-storage. Mm -hmm. But especially if it's like heirloom things. And the family can't do anything with it. Just stick it in a self storage, pay the fifty dollars, seventy five, hundred dollars a month. I may be way off on those numbers, but um, I mean, you had um, there's lots of opportunities in that market. Now it's it's tenants. It's still tenants, mm -hmm. but no toilets, which is kind of nice. <laughs> tenants, have, but no air toilets. Yeah. You can have air conditioning. <laughs> don't have if to you fix want. the plumbing. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, many. Of, you're right. Video Dawn. surveillance. Yeah. There, a lot of them are air conditioned now. Um, and you can almost set these up uh, with an automatic gate, automatic, you know, you might have staff if it's a smaller one that, uh, you know, we I've seen some that, that even have a, a kiosk where you can download uh, a lock and uh, things like that. Well, well you know, U-Haul is getting into the business of self-storage. They've big been time. in the business. Big time. Yes, right. they're. I mean, they're taking over big buildings and making the... Well, drive-in and indoor storage and one of the shows that we did uh, earlier or later last year uh, we were talking about storage units being one of the best commercial investments because it's such a low overhead you don't have to have a lot of employees you have one person sitting at the desk and um, if somebody doesn't pay their storage then you know they only have so many days to redeem their stuff before you can auction it off and make money that way so people don't want to redeem their storage. They put it in and they forget about it. <laughs> like, and, and no problem now. <laughs> exactly. And Dawn, I don't know if where you live, you see this, but we're, you know, coming like we're on Highway 1. Our office is on Highway 1 in West Columbia. If you go down Highway 1 toward Lexington, there's probably six or seven 
self-storage and several brand new facilities coming up. And you look at that and you're like, can this many people need places to store their stuff? And the obvious <laughs> answer is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> right. People love their stuff. People would rather store it, pay for storage on stuff that they never use, than get rid of it. Because, you know, we have sentimental value to things, you know, baby clothes and baby shoes and and oh, I got this cup when I visited Miami, and you know. Well, there's a rule that uh, we we were at yeah. a conference not long ago. Oh, it was a, it was a while back now, but the one of the guys they had a, a pastor, actual pastor, come in. He was talking about your stuff. It was interesting <laughs> because um, his rule of thumb was if you haven't used it in two years, get rid of it. And that's hard for people because you look at that thing from two years ago and you're like, I still like it. But I never haven't used it, but it it's could hard. be like my house. I've become the storage unit for some of my children. That's right. I need to remember that. I need to bring all of our stuff yeah, over. Yeah, I, I got I a bring my house stuff full of other people's too, stuff. Right, right. You know, my uncle had um, three storage units. He stored everything from like 1980s on. He had a car he hadn't driven since the 1980s, just stuck in the storage unit. Boxes and boxes of stuff. And I come from a family of hoarders, but my family, they don't necessarily hoard at their house. They hoard in storage units. Hey, well, that's a plus, I guess. But, you know, if you don't know about that, think about that as a family member. If you have a family member who passes and you didn't know the the storage facility after a certain point, if it's not paid, they're going to just sell the stuff out of your mm -hmm. storage unit. And that's the thing. Think of especially a storage unit. You haven't been there in three years. What's the likelihood you're going to use it. However, it's something that as a business owner, as someone looking at where are trends going, this is a big one. I don't more think it's more. going anywhere anytime more. soon. Hey, Chad, other people, they sell their house and their new house is not ready. So they go to the storage oh, Or unit. their new house is smaller than the old house. Yeah, so that, that happens, it happens all, the time. all the time. So, Although uh, we, we tend to get an extra bedroom to store our stuff because we know. <laughs> Well, this is, and you see this with uh, people with, you know, they have barns and storage facilities on their property, and uh, sometimes we have to clean those things out. We've had two conversations last week with uh, people that we went out to their property, and, and we're sending Pack Rats, one of our sponsors, for those of you listening, out to the property to clean it out because it's so much stuff, and it just gets stored and left. Um, so when we come back from a break, we're going to talk about uh, some other types of properties hang on through the break a good afternoon morning whatever it is wherever it's still you are. morning yes it, it, but wherever you are <laughs> later right if you're listening online it could be any time of the day it could be any day well dawn it's early early morning so, uh, I love getting up and drinking my coffee with you guys. Yes, I it's, get uh, it's great. Mine, I just finished. Air with you. I may need some more later. but uh, So we're back. We're talking about real estate. Welcome back. You can reach us uh, at 803-799-TALK. That's 803-799-TALK. Or if you have questions, comments after the show, reach out to us at 803, um, 803 803-939-8562. Six two. If you have questions, comments, or you want to get into real estate, one of the things we do with our investment properties 
is you want to deploy money where it's going to make a return. And so this is key, right? You don't want to put your money in things that don't make a return. If you've got money sitting at the bank, you are losing money. Every day. And so money has to be in motion to make money. And you don't want to just sit on it, and which is a, a tempting thing to do. I've got this money. I don't want to lose it. Um, but if you put it in the bank, just bank on the fact that it's losing money, especially in this inflationary environment we're in you want to put your money in motion not let it sit where it just de decreases in value the longer it sits i mean at a seven eight percent inflationary rate you're losing seven eight percent but it's really not even seven or eight percent you're losing the the time and the effort it could be making so you're losing more than that yeah now i would i would caution people you want to have a little bit set aside for some emergency but for the most part if you got a lot of money sitting in a savings account in the bank right now you're losing big time well i mean think of what's happening in the stock market also, oh yeah i mean we've we've had people come in our office that had um you know we had a military person that had money a good amount of money saved in a military account can't get it and it's mm -hmm. lost forty thousand dollars right in this last year and so uh that's that's hard to hard to watch it's hard to see. Kind of make you ill at your stomach. Yes, and and with anything, there's all, always an opportunity that things could be not go the way you want. Oh, sure. There's risk in there's getting risk. up in the morning. Exactly. So um, what we try to do, though, on any investment is take a calculated risk. And so we don't want to take a wild guess. We want to look at what the market is doing and realize, look, you know, if we uh, bought this retail endeavor that we're looking at, uh, so, Don, we were looking at one uh, earlier this year, end of last year. We tried to make it work. We couldn't get the numbers to oh, work. Oh, yeah. You yeah. remember? Yeah, mall. Had we 14. Non-performing strip mall. Yeah, it had 14 um, 14 units, slots. seven or eight of which were vacant, and the roof leaked, and they are having trouble with the HVAC, and those are just like the, you know, and, easy and the, things to fix. The family <laughs> had inherited the place, but they mm -hmm. couldn't get together on a price that made sense, and so... And certainly didn't know how to run it. Right, and so we don't want to deploy capital and effort, time, into something where the numbers don't work. The numbers have to work, just like with anything else, but if you can get it where the numbers can work... And you can put in that effort. You can have something that's that's uh, you know we're passed one, on to the next generation. Right. And you well, know, and going back to financing a little bit, we were talking with them about you know maybe getting a bank loan for half the amount and having them uh, carry back the note, meaning owner finance the other half of the amount. So we wouldn't have had to come up with all of the out of pocket cash right. we've taken to finance the entire. Uh, property through a bank this so, is a great show dawn because this reminds me we probably need to reach back out see how things are going because time and circumstance change a lot of stuff i i, I did last month i didn't <laughs> hear back but i'll reach back out again yeah, yeah so this is sure. good but this is kind of you know one one transaction in the commercial field if you could get some investors together get one under your belt it could change your whole dynamic i mean if you're if you go from um basically where you're at currently to one uh, commercial property where you're bringing in another three four ten thousand dollars a month that makes a real difference um and it's a lifestyle yes exactly and and that you know now you're talking maybe i can look at retirement differently 
Maybe I don't have to work till I'm 80 years old. Or I can go on vacation this year. Maybe all my kids can go to college, not just my favorite ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe they don't have to um, get scholarships. Oh, I mean, right. it, so these are some things that, that commercial can do. I mean, single family, you work hard, you can be very successful, make lots of money. The difference is the economy's a scale. So if you're buying one-off houses and you get to 100 houses and they're scattered throughout wherever – um, that's, you're going to, you're going to have some equity. You're going to have some, some income, but if you had a hundred units in an apartment in one location or at a complex, um, your, your economies of scale are much better and you can typically, the cash flow is going to be a lot better. So we were talking about, we talked about apartment. We talked about senior housing, short-term rentals, hotel, a little bit self-storage. We spent a good amount of time there. And uh, as we round out, we talked about retail a good bit. Medical and, offices, we have not. Right, mm -hmm. office and industrial. Those are two that we haven't talked about. So Warehouse talk about spaces, office yeah. for a little bit, Dawn. Oh, yeah. So you can do the same thing with a non-performing office. But medical offices are one of those recession-proof industries because people are always going to need medical services. Um, I know of a woman who was a receptionist in a medical office. Uh, doctors, lots of doctors in there, and the office went up for sale. So she got with a couple of her receptionist friends, and they bought the building. And now all those doctors are paying her the rent. And they have, you know, these five, 10 year leases. So she went from, you know, being a uh, a salaried employee to being the business owner who they pay to run their businesses through. Well, she's an entrepreneur. Right. Entrepreneur, and, yeah. And that's an interesting um, story because we've seen that happen with a lot of people because there's all kinds of niches within each one of these segments. There's uh, So you're talking about doctor's offices. We know someone. It's a niche within that, that niche mm -hmm. is dentist. Uh, mm -hmm. So we know someone who was a dental assistant and now finds offices for dentists and congregates them somehow like the uh, – you know what's the ones that do your take your teeth out? They're not the same as the dentist you go see. They take the you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yes, the those people, the braces people. Yeah, you know they, they put the braces on the kids. Right. So they they put these people together in one office facility. You know I don't know exactly the business model, but that's an interesting. So you have your doctors. They need a place to set a place, and they probably want to be close to the hospitals, maybe out in the suburbs where there's there's enough people to support the the place and um we've seen this your doctor um larry yes. right so then they just move yeah they, they just moved into a larger building with a number of other doctors within the building all right so these are some things that, that are i told her she should have bought it right pregnancy <laughs> centers absolutely recession proof cause well the thing is if you see a vacant building near where some medical facility is it's it's a good one you might want to put your eye on see if you can Get it and put other medical things in there. Like if you got a regular doctor, they may need a dentist across the street, or maybe they need a specialist across the street, or something that that doctor would. They do seem send to congregate to. together they because do. they want you know if if you have one, it builds confidence that you know this is a place where we can have enough population might, to do business. Yeah, it might you be know. a whole area of doctors of some kind. We haven't even talked about development yet, commercial development. No. 
you know, one of the things that I'd like to build with you guys is a, a, a data center. And um, the data hub, it's like kind of that command center that you literally, you see them in the movies, right? With the, um, where all of the police and the fire and the EMCs and the uh, FEMA, they're all run out of the same secure building. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. I'm I know. not even joking. I know, I've this. seen them. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to build one of these, and I know where. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to have a whole conversation about when we get off the radio. <laughs> Well, this is good because we've talked about all these different segments, and we're not saying go off and do all of them. Just find something that you have some interest in. I mean, this is it's fun, you know, because you can be a part of something, seeing something take place that's exciting, but also supports your family. And uh, we didn't even talk about industrial. We got two minutes left, but industrial is huge right now because think of how many people are shipping things. Um, we, we go to the store still, but a lot of stuff is shipped. And, you know, this creates a huge demand for space to store the stuff that's going to be shipped. Well, let, let me say something to the audience here. Don't just go out and jump on something. Get some good advice. Find trained people to help you. Bring you on board and make you a, a partner in something with them or something. Just don't go do something and ruin yourself. Get some expert advice and, and work with somebody. And That's we're right. here for you if you need it. Yeah. If you need us, we're here. Yeah. Lots of people and places and things want to separate you from your money. The the being separated from your money temporarily is maybe not a bad thing, but you want to be in a place where hopefully where it's recoup it. <laughs> and it's uh, you're putting it into assets, not liabilities. That's correct. And you certainly don't want to just go off and buy cars and and stuff i love cars but man they do not pay me back <laughs> they do not do they don't do anything like yeah exactly so if you bought a income producing property um so but if i bought the car lot right and it's it's amazing what real estate that the the advantages of real estate someone else pays for your investment for you and while that's happening you get debt service pay down hopefully probably appreciation up. And someone else is paying for it for you. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible opportunity to get into something that's um, that's more stable than just the stock market. I mean, the yes. stock market's great. You want to diversify. But um, unfortunately, we're basically out of time today, and we have a lot more to say. We need to do another seminar, sounds like. So hang on till next week. We will be back again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining in. from someplace else. That's yeah, right. We'll be live from Florida. All right. Live Over and Florida. out. Till then. Admit it. You've been woken out of a home improvement fever dream after an HGTV binge session and believed you could be a house flipper. Well, that dream is more realistic than you thought. Let the pros at the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC guide you through the investment and rehab process. And let's make those dreams come true. Learn more at palmettoreg.com.